0: Ah, mm. uh, uh. oh, radio, radio. <laughs> hey, hey, mystery surrounds us.
1: Mystery all around us. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host...
2: Luca, Alex.
1: Luca, how about you give the introduction to this week? Since you were the origin of the fantastical phrase that we that well,
2: we were us. we were playing around with this idea last week, and we knew that we had too much for one show. So, so we we used I coined the term. I mean, I I don't know if I originally coined the term, but I I heard somebody talk about not enough itis. Um, maybe, maybe it was me who did it. I I can't remember, but, but we added in the word last week, pernicious, pernicious, not enough, not enough itis. And pernicious means something that's extreme and hangs on really tight. Yeah. (laughs) It won't, it won't let go. It's like pernicious anemia, which is anemia that is really severe and will not go away. Um, So we've got this, uh, I think it's part of our culture. This idea of uh, we're not enough, and we get it from so many different sources mm. that that it's almost invisible to us now, and we're beginning to identify it. And I think I think it applies to all of us because it's it's um, pervasive in in all of the advertising that we're subjected to, but I think it's especially so for women. Um, and, and maybe you could even say that it is especially so for anybody who is non white, non male, uh, but, but it's there for men too. Um, but this, this, this idea that we would be enough if we would just do this, if we would just buy this, if we would just subscribe to this program, if we would just take this course, if we would just dress this way, whatever it is that something that we engage with is going to make us enough not not improve us but but that there's this implication this that that we're not enough unless we do something to ourselves so we're not okay the way we are and and uh, you know a lot of the work that I do with my clients whether it's whether it's coaching or counseling or or doing readings is about helping people to remember that the way they are right now is just perfect in the sense that we can't be other than who we are right here now in this moment and that being who we are right here and now and deciding that we want to build on that is fine is wonderful but not because we're not enough uh, but because we want to we want to go somewhere else we want to build on it we we want to um, improve, broaden, deepen, whatever but but we're fine the way we are that that this place that we're starting from is is absolutely okay. and so um, it comes out in so many different ways and and that's what we're going to explore today. Mm-hmm. How does this show up and and especially you know for for each one of us, individually, personally, how does it show up? because we're pretty well adjusted people with with a with a strong sense of self awareness and even we fall into it oh god yes and then you know and and how does this how does this come about um for for the for the average person and also how do we see it come about in our practices you know, so so what are we doing with clients that that really helps to address this because i think we you and i get us kind of a sense of what the zeitgeist is by what's coming up for the clients who come and work with us. Mm-hmm. So it gives us a it gives us a starting point. So so that's our that's my my little introduction for how we got how we got to this. And and we were talking about it last week and it and it was it was juicy. Very it was juicy. Shiny and juicy.
1: Yeah definitely timely too there's um there's an a spin that's been put on this through COVID too through mm-hmm being stuck at home where the usual ways of being and interacting with the world have fallen away. So we've got a bit of not enough itis where it's the sense of we're not able to fill our tanks. I think there's different, different forms you could say of pernicious not enough itis. There's (laughs) the not enough where we are moving through the world with with a distinct lack of the things that actually do help us thrive and be stable and grounded as humans. And that is exhausting and it is mm. straining in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, it's something that can happen at any point. Uh, in someone's life, it can be in a relationship where the dynamics are wonky in whatever way, or there's some hurt or harm on one side or another that's not being tended to or nurtured or healed. Um, but I think that uh, during COVID, it's it has uh, maximized because most of the things that we would do to try to take care of ourselves or to stay tuned up. This can be physically, this can be mentally, this can be educationally. Those doors have been closed and we've been forced to look for new things. So much of our life now has to take place online that there's an inevitable rabbit hole that we've had to go down because online platforms, social media, et cetera, is one of the places where the other kinds of pernicious, not enough itis thrive where we yeah. fall into the traps of comparing ourselves with other people yeah. and of course what we're comparing with online is not a true it's not it's not a true representation it's not a whole round representation of a person or organization or a thing or whatever it is that we believe we're observing it's a very carefully crafted image and to compare ourselves to that is It does a disservice to ourselves, but that doesn't change that we may really cause depression in ourselves and a a feeling of not measuring up.
2: And there's also this piece of we're learning a new skill. Because a lot of people have not had to operate in that on- online virtual world very much up until now, or not in as broad or as deep a way as we're now being asked to do to cope with with the restrictions of the pandemic. And so, when we're not, when we don't have enough, as much practice in something, then we end up feeling incompetent mm-hmm. um, until until we begin to build some skills around it and figure out where the resources that help us to understand it or, or become more competent. Um, so, so not only are we comparing ourselves, but we're also pr- comparing ourselves on, a, on an uneven playing field um, and, and forgetting to take into account that we're brand new at this and that there's a giant learning curve and that we're all adapting. Um, not everybody has the same access to technology, to um, quality technology, where so we're 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 figuring it out as we go along, and that means we have to cut ourselves some slack as we're doing it.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's occurring to me, I, I feel like we're 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 going through the iterations of not enough itis here. Just, like, what are what are the yes. versions that show up? Yes, uh, it's occurring to me as well. Um, poverty or skating around the <laughs> the poverty line is another uh, kind of case of pernicious not enough yep. one of those ones yep. that becomes self-sustaining um, having been down that road, Luca, I think you've been down that road too. It's so damnably difficult to get out of poverty when the systems everywhere are designed to punish poverty it's- by basically making it deeper, which of course, doesn't actually make any logical sense. Um, But there's, you get a couple of mixed messages when you don't have enough money to be able to make the same kind of choices that other people do, whether it be, what do you buy for food? Um, What or can you buy clothing? Um, Where can you live? Uh, What education can you access? Uh, what supports can you access? All of these things are dictated by, not well, dictated seems too strong of a word. They're very strongly led by what's in the bank account or what's not. And, yep. And yet, those things are, so it relates directly to money, which is, spe- okay, again, related to COVID. I, for myself, three different yeah. methods of income just vanished almost overnight and i'm an adaptable flexible person but still it takes some scrambling to get back up and do that those are just facts that sometimes there's not enough money in the bank there's a i thought it was fantastic Mm. that our government actually rolled out supports for people i haven't been able to access that before when i was in dire Mm. need before so this was this was a blessing this time and it definitely changed the experience but you can Be receiving support or not receiving support. Be in this tight, squeezy place where you're having, it's so stressful trying to figure out what you can afford and where's the line where rent will be compromised um, or other bills will be compromised. And how close can you skate to the disconnection notice before you really have to find a way to pay at least some of it down? Mm. And... And the messages that we get from society, the low key stuff that we may have integrated from when we're children is that if you're experiencing poverty, you're not doing enough or mm-hmm. you're not being enough. So there's yeah. like now, now you've got two not enough itis strains Duh. combining, yeah. right? Yeah. They the question com- yeah. of actual literal not having enough to live on combined with a message that you are not enough that's why you don't have enough and if you don't yeah. pull your own bootstraps up or pull yourself up by the bootstraps as they as the saying is properly goes then you are participating in creating your own not of, not of, not enough itis yeah. brutal it's a it's a cut both ways kind of
2: message yeah, you're and you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I and I was even thinking about the Serb um, payments that that were available to us that they were available for a certain amount of time. So the rationale behind it was that now now we've got far enough through this that you shouldn't need this anymore. Right. Yes. Right. So now you should have enough. Well, maybe you don't, and then what? Right. Yeah. And the and the the, the avenues for accept, for accessing what they were putting in place after that were much more complicated. Mm-hmm. So now you've got you've got to prove things. You've got to be able to say what your income has been and and prove that what you're getting now is less than. And it, so now you've got a formula you have to follow, which also reinforces that you're not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know, it's now because there's somehow this belief system in there, an assumption that if you make something accessible to the general population without making them jump through enough hoops, that they're going to abuse it. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's always going to be some people who abuse the system always, but, there's so Most many. people are not abusing the system. They're just trying to keep their heads above water, yeah, so that they can do enough to live a life.
1: There's there seems to yeah. be a lot of really helpful results coming out from experiments in different communities around universal basic income now. Yeah, and yeah. it's so yeah. exciting to me. I want to cheer every time I see a new one that comes yeah. out stating. Uh, guess what? When you give people an extra $500 a month for a year or six months or something, um, a lot of those people go on to uh, finding better jobs, accessing better supports, being able to yeah. make strides forward. And it's that bump, right? It's that bump. It's that bump because it's so expensive and you get and it. So, you get the poor tax on things, right? If you can't pay the bill, now you got a late fee tagged onto the bill, which. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about one. this now before. You've got even more it, yeah. that you can't pay. Um, yeah. When a check bounces, let's say it's a rent check and it was all money was almost all there and it just didn't quite make it all in time. Now you got a bounce check. We get two bounce checks charges, right? Mm-hmm. Because you get yeah. the other side as well as yeah. the, the, the side from your bank. Well, now that's an extra $100 easy that you're now owing. And yeah. it's just. Yeah it's um
2: you it slide contents. backwards
1: you can be running as fast as you can and you're sliding backwards mm-hmm. just because you're starting from a zero point and mm-hmm. this is where this boost can make all the difference you get a boost you're yeah. able to pay your bills on time yeah. suddenly you have room to breathe you're not mm-hmm. wasting extra money that's going to late fees or bounce back charges and you're able to maybe buy take advantage of a sale and get more of an item at a cheaper price because you actually have funds and you know that that's what you're going to need. I couldn't afford, I could, I had to buy groceries on such a daily level for so long that, you know, to be able to access the sale, people would be like, oh, go, just go buy from Costco or (laughs) buy in bulk. It's like, no, I don't have money for bulk. Yes, that's cheaper. Guess what? That's another way in which people with money are able to access things that cost less. Doesn't make much sense actually when you're in the poor seat, yeah. looking at that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: so there's so there seems to be two streams to this. One of them is systemically what's going on that that reinforces this not enough-itis, right? And the other part of it is uh, how is my um, view of myself yeah. reinforcing this? Yeah. So some of this is under my control. Some of it is not even the systemic part. Some of it is under my control and some of it isn't. So, for instance, if I'm um, if I'm doing marketing from my own business and I um, use the technique because it is a technique of um, indicating that there if you want to get the best price up for my workshop or my webinar or whatever it is that you that you have to get in you have to make your decision right now and and pay me your money right now and it creates this false sense of there isn't enough time right of urgency we create this sense of urgency right it's a it's an advertising technique Right. And I don't like it. No. I don't like being subjected to it. It forces me to make a decision faster than I'm comfortable making one. And often, if people use that technique on me, I walk away. Right. I would rather go without it <laughs> than be pushed, pressured into making a decision too quickly. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons they use this technique is because they know that if they give people more time, Often people will take more time; they lose their momentum, and they may not come back to it. But I believe that if you have something that absolutely fits somebody's needs and is going to be really great for them, they sign up right away, so, or they sign up as soon as they have the resources. I, I'd like to
1: uh, map across our not a knife itis to businesses right now. Yeah, because really yeah. that marketing technique. Is yeah. from so we can actually actually we can even reframe this as the abundance mentality or scarcity mentality. Yes,
2: there's actually a really yes. big overlap it is.
1: between these. Yes, so yeah, I think are, they're
2: virtually the
1: same thing. Yeah, if you're operating uh, your business, whether you be a large corporation or a small business owner that's looking to offer their wares, and you mm-hmm. are using these marketing techniques which are widely sold to all of us as this is the best way to get get your customers and to get them signed up etc well in
2: fact it's the responsible way if you're not doing this and you don't succeed your business isn't succeeding it's your own fault because you didn't do enough you're
1: right you and you
2: didn't do it the right way you didn't trap enough people with your
1: false pressure um yep mentality
2: tactics <laughs> yeah. so I've got I've got two points of power in there right yeah. as a consumer I can refuse to play by that game and I know that I'm that I'm being pushed towards it because it starts to feel more and more uncomfortable for me. So if I'm listening to my own internal um, gauge, the gauge is edging up into stress territory and I know it doesn't feel good. So that's when I'm buying something. So I can disengage and say, no, I'm not going to buy from people who use that technique to sell to me. But as a person who, who uses that technique, I can say, no, I'm, I mean, this is another one of those things like being a B Corp, right? Well, maybe what we should do is add into those, into that B Corp value system. I will not use pressure techniques Mm -hmm. to sell. And, And so then I can, because I'm a sole proprietor, I get to sit on my own board of directors and say, I will not sell that way. Yeah. Yeah. And not only will I not sell that way, but I will tell people that I will not sell that way. And I say to people, I am not going to do pressure sales on you. I will not. And if they don't know what it is, I explain to them what what pressure sales is and that I won't do it. And by do- by doing
1: that, you're taking on the role of, of an advocate and educator, and in, in sort of Absolutely. pulling the veil back. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Now and I it have, empowers me and them.
1: Yeah, I have had people say they're not going to use pressure tactics on me, or or advertise anyway. themselves that way, and they do it anyway. So just using a slightly <laughs> yes. more subtle one. So you can't yeah. trust it just because someone self identifies. But you can
2: feel it. Yes, but you can feel it because this is. And I was just talking to somebody about this in a reading today that that we. We have built into us this sensitive, it's hypersensitive. Um, it's it's like it's got little hairs on it <laughs> that when, when the air moves, we say, oh, there's something going on here. We may not know exactly what it is, but but after a while, you begin to say, I could feel it. I don't know what I was feeling, but something felt out of alignment. Because mm-hmm. I think that when we're being pressured into something, it feels out of alignment. Mm -hmm. So when we can start identifying that feeling, then we can say, okay, I'm not going to make any decisions while I can feel this. I'm going to, I'm going to back off a second and I'm going to, I'm scanning for it. Let's
1: connect that in with uh, now personal locus, not enough itis. If we feel this little hair tingly, some kind of a resistancy, something that is letting us know that it's it's hooking into and magnifying your sense of you're not quite enough. If you don't click here, sign up now, do this, uh, do this thing. I'm telling you Mm, that has been showing up in social justice circles for a while now, where here's this prescriptive set of actions that if you do not do this, you are not what you say you are. Yeah, that's hooking you're directly, not okay. Hooking yeah. directly into not enough ITIS, and yes. and that's mm-hmm, yes. So that can become a Spidey sense that we can now use. Yes. If you know, this is why we're talking about if it. If we're aware if we of it, right? aware, yeah. we can start yes. to say, "Oh, oh, you're pushing that button on me to try to get a certain mm-hmm. response from me, which means I've been programmed yeah. like a Pavlovian dog." <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. do this thing yeah. whenever i yeah. don't want to be that i would like to be yeah. making my own independent choices i'm going to choose not to be triggered in my not enough itis yeah which we have we have a weakness for i think it's really yeah. helpful for us to maybe yeah. realize this is this is um a, a, a wounded area in us that we have it's, cultivated. it's programmed
2: in right it's programmed yeah. in we, and but we're we're socialized into this yeah because we're, we're not born with it this is our environment conditions us yeah. to respond in this way. And we condition some people more than others around it. So I'm also thinking, okay, you know what, what I'd like to go into next. I feel like maybe let's
1: wait and I'll, I'll bring it up after, after one of our songs for today. So the first okay. song for today is I wish by Skilo. Um <laughs> thought of this one. Cause it's an oldie, but goodie. It's, um, you know, he's listing off all the things that he wishes he was. And I think we can all kind of relate to this in some ways. It's the whole wistfulness of there's a way of living that I don't have right now that I really feel like I would be well suited for. And that's what I want. And until I have it, I'm not good
2: enough. It's a someday wish. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, yeah.
1: you know, it's, it's a revealing into the source of discontent that we may have right now um lack mm-hmm. of ability to feel um happy and happy mm-hmm. by happy i mean that more contentedness of that we can have in a daily way because it, it eats at that so let's take a listen yeah. to listen to i wish by skilo we'll be back in just a few minutes
3: hello i wish i was a I wish I was a baller I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat 6 fall. I wish I was like six foot nine so I can get with Leoshi cause she don't know me but yo she's really fine You know I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams I can scheme ways to make her mine Cause I know she's living fat Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball So how am I gonna compete with that? Cause when it comes to playing basketball I'm always last to be picked, and in some cases never put at all So I just lean up on the wall Or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man barred Dag y'all, I never understood black Why the jocks get the fly girls and me I get the hood rats I I tell them scats, kiddos, kebab. got hit with a bottle and are in a hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you're living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. glad I came to my senses like quick, quick, got six, six to my stomach, overcoming by thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't that type. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat, a six for a faller. I wish I was a little bit I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a pitch for a I wish I had a Got this hatchback, and everywhere I go, your wife gets laughed at. And when I'm in my car, I'm laid back. I got an A-track, and a spare tire, and a backseat, but that's black. And do you wanna know what's really whack? See, I can't even get a date, so what you think of that? I heard that prom night is a bomb night with a hood ratchet and old-time burrito. Figaro, when in my car, I can't even get a hello. Well, so many people want to cruise cringe on Sunday. One day I'ma have to get in my car and go. You know, I take the 110 Until the 105. Get off on cringe tell my homies, look alive. Cause it's hard to survive when you're living in a con- Three jungles and these girls keep passing me by. She looks fly, she looks fly. Make me say my ma I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbin in a hat with a back. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a, bat with a I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller, y'all. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Hey. I wish I had my way, cause everyday would be a Friday, and you can even speed on the highway. I would play ghetto games, name my kids ghetto names. Little Mookie the rain Yo, you know that's on the real. So if you down on your luck, then you should know just how I feel. Cause if you don't want me around, see I go simple, I go easy, I go greyhound. Hey you, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Ah yes, ain't that fresh? Everybody wants to get I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl in the good, I would call it. wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with the good, I would call it. wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six
1: Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to I Wish by Skilo. We're talking about pernicious not enough itis. Before we dive back into that, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge and ground in for both Luca and I uh, that we are living and working, uh, playing, maybe not as uh, much outside as we would like to be, but we are doing it on the unceded ancestral territory of the Musqueam, the tsleil the Coquitlam and the Squamish nations. As settlers, we try to remember to ground into this frequently to remember where we are, to remember who we are so that we can develop and, and um, cultivate right relations with our neighbors uh, who are the stewards of the land and whose voices have been oppressed talk about not enough itis that we visited upon them. And that was not a state of their natural balance of their societies for, for millennia. And I, you know, it's in- interesting to bring up the land acknowledgement right now because That is something that I have noticed when I have worked alongside First Nations communities for various purposes over the years is there's usually the stories from their elders that are reaching back into the past that are about the balance, that are about not living in a state of want, not living in a state of not enough. And that that I think they really did perceive that I feel like there's some stories, traditional stories I have read or been told that actually point to that as a disease, a disease of the spirit. Yeah,
2: yeah I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's I think it, as soon as we get into not enough, we're talking about values, mm. because we're saying we value this more than this. And so therefore, if you're not this, then you're not enough, right? And, and a lot of the things that get devalued have to do with uh, where we stand at a particular point in time. And we have for, you know, thousands of years now, operated in a system that uh, values um, those, the, the yang qualities or the patriarchal qualities more than matriarchal qualities. And so, I mean, this is, you get into the whole issue of definition when, when we get into this, right? What are those things? But, but I think it's safe to say that the, that the Native or the Indigenous or the First Nations um, value systems had um, a greater value placed on nature and balance than the systems that came in and oppressed them and, um, and said, those values are not enough. Right. You must subscribe to these values in order to be enough. And in order to have any power within our system. Right. Yeah. So we did that. We did that, that to um, feminine qualities um, mm-hmm. and, and devalued females Devalued children, devalued nature, um, and and devalued um, a, a lot of the qualities of spirit that were no, that were outside of the patriarchal version of what religion was, which is sort of organized spirituality, as opposed to spirituality that that is that naturally flows out of each one of us as a as a human being. So it's uh, it's controlled. Um, so control is a very is a very m- patriarchal quality um, and very masculine, and it's you know controlling things is not bad all on on its own, but when it's when it's overvalued and chaos is undervalued um, or not valued at all, then we get out of balance. So it comes back to that whole um idea again of ballroom dancing in that you've got two partners there and at any given time one or other of the partners may be out of balance but in together they're in balance otherwise they trip over their own feet and fall over so we're we're looking at things going in and out of balance all the time between between the two but if you get into a not enough itis system not enough system then you're basically saying these values are the only ones that we um, that we deem to be acceptable, mm-hmm. and at these levels. And so anybody who doesn't measure up to that gets disqualified, gets disempowered, uh, and and therefore squeezed out of the system. Mm-hmm. So so we're we're um, this is I think happens within each one of us. We can I can be my own internal oppressor because oh yeah. I can I can look at myself on a Zoom screen and say, "Oh, you don't you don't look professional enough, or your lighting's not good enough, or your sounds not good enough, or whatever it is, not enough." Um, but but in actuality, there's a balance in there somewhere. Maybe the message of what i'm putting out or the conversation i'm having with the other person is important enough Mm. that it more than makes up for the fact that i haven't figured out how to make all the writing the lighting be optimal yet
1: yeah my dad had a saying that uh i i feel it applies mostly to perfectionists but maybe it applies to all of us who get stuck in not enough itis which becomes paralyzing sometimes and the saying is if something's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> you'll if you do it enough times, you'll get better at it.
1: Yeah. And the point is, if it's worth doing, then just go ahead and do it badly. So many times we yeah. won't do a yeah. thing because we can't yeah. do it up to a standard. That's yeah. what we ideally want to produce in the world. But yeah. we have to start somewhere. And if it is, wor- yeah. if you don't do it, then you've just got nothing. So it's well, what's it's, that
2: phrase, analysis paralysis? Yeah. Right? Like, it, it, uh, it is worth it to analyze things. Yes. But not to a point where you are paralyzed and cannot try anything. Right. Because if we, can, if we can't try anything, we can't learn. Right? Yeah. I have yeah. to be able to make mistakes. And, and so this is where we're valuing or devaluing making mistakes. Right? So when you were talking about
1: how we can be um, our own oppressors. And we may apply things that we have learned. Again, it's really coming down to that comparison thing. Again, we're comparing yeah. ourselves. We're not measuring up. Therefore, we want to withhold. It doesn't feel good enough. We don't want to throw what we have into the ring. Um, yeah. I think we can also do this to each other where yeah. we be- it becomes a kind of lateral violence where something we are aspiring to be whether we are there or not but it it's become like that's now our value so that's like our guiding stars of what it is that we're trying to do and then we look at our friend or our colleague or or our family member and we think well you're not doing it. you're not aiming at that you're not doing that like the here's the things and going to them and basically visiting upon them a case of not enough itis where they may have been merrily just doing their best and showing
2: up. Yeah. So this comes into the feedback loop, right? We think we're being helpful when we give somebody else feedback
0: Mm -hmm. or
2: we may not give feedback because we're afraid we won't do it. Right. But if you look at feedback as how do you support someone, then any feedback needs to begin with what felt good, what worked, what work, What are we doing well at here? And then to be able to say, and if I had it to do again, what might I do next time that would make it even better? Mm. Instead of leading off with, well, you, it, that didn't work. Right. So you should do this, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and if we do that to somebody who's suffering from not enough-itis, all they hear is, "I failed again." Yeah. yeah," which is going to make them even less likely to try anything in the future, yeah, and it ups their stress levels, yeah so so what we want to do is, and, and you can't just say, "Oh, that was really good, and because so so when we talk about what worked, we need to be really specific about it, and it has to be genuine, yeah and and it's even more valuable when the person can say that about their about about what they did themselves so rather than me telling somebody what they did really well for them to and this is a coaching tool right what do you feel went well mm-hmm. because if it originates with the person who did it it's it it reinforces for them yeah. what they're already capable at yeah yeah. what's valuable about it yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and I'm wondering what else we can do to inoculate ourselves to prepare ourselves on a personal level to combat the invitations that we are bombarded with all over the place to 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 view ourselves through the lens of not enough itis and to provoke ourselves mm-hmm. therefore into either buying something doing something not doing mm-hmm. something whatever that it does for us but it's such an unhealthy place to live and yet we're living in it constantly we're immersed in it so what does it look like when we start to rebel against that how do we well, do was, our, I, how do we formulate our, our rebellion
2: i remember when i started earning enough money that i could go shopping And there were times when I would come home from having spent, you know, X number of hours in a shopping mall. And even though I had bags full of stuff, I'd still be feeling empty. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize that I was shopping from a place of not enough itis. And that I was trying to refill my tanks by buying more things, which is falling into that if I just buy these things, if I just look more beautiful, if I just look more fashionable, if I just wear the right colors, um, then I will be whatever, right. more acceptable, belong better, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So I, I think that we all have a, a, that sense inside ourselves of when we feel empty, and sometimes we eat to fill it, and sometimes we buy to fill it, and sometimes we take a course to fill it. Uh, but whatever it is, the emptiness is the is the um, the initiator. And I think that when we do anything to try and fill that empty place, it begs the question: How am I enough? as opposed to how am I not enough? So I had um, a long time client um, come to me on, on International Women's Day and say to me how, and we had worked together for six years. And she said, I just want to take this opportunity on International Women's Day to tell you how valuable the work that we did together was to me Mm -hmm. and how I have been able to continue to build on that. And she was really specific about it. It was totally heartfelt and it landed and made me feel enough. Mm. And it made me feel enough because it was all true. Mm -hmm. And, And so it was an opportunity for me to refill my own tanks. And so I think that when we build in opportunities to give other people positive, supportive, truthful, um, example-based feedback about how valuable they are, it is the natural antidote to all of the not enough-itis messages with which we are bombarded in our culture. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we can do is surround ourselves with people who are supportive in that way, people yeah. who know us, people who know what we're capable of, who who witness us in our best places, as well as our worst places, mm-hmm. um, but who are willing and able to give us that feedback. So mm-hmm. if we know we're going into a situation where we feel a bit shaky where we're new at it where we don't have as deep a well of resources where we haven't had a chance to prepare as much as we think might be optimal if we surround ourselves with people who are supportive like that i think we're less likely to fall prey to these messages of not enough it is cuz those messages their messages they're out there all the time mm-hmm. we can't make I can't wait until those messages go away to feel okay about myself. Mm -hmm. So I have to have something that I can do consciously make an effort to do that insulate me um, from falling prey to those messages. And I think one of those ways is to not just search it out, search out those supportive people in my community, but to be one of those supportive people to all the people who are in my community Mm -hmm. so that, we all do it for one another. And I think that women are getting better at doing that for one mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all, it's all almost been built in for men, but I also don't think it's necessarily been particularly healthy for men. I think that um, they well, too can benefit from doing it in a healthier way.
1: Yeah. And I would say that um, I think there's there's, if you want to talk about baked in, um, the patriarchal system, the cap- capitalist system, which is centered around men, but it's still requiring them to be constantly not healthy going for them up the ladder. Yeah. And if you're not yeah. progressing along this yeah. specific path in a way that looks like this with money in your bank and with status and your job title, et cetera, it's your toys and, and the bigger take.
2: car. And the- yeah. Yeah.
1: Then, then it, it still feeds into this. So the men are by far not immune for sure. Um, I feel like it's time for our next song and it hooks in. So this song is a bit tongue in cheek. It's one of those ways in which I think as a society, we're ready to start holding ourselves accountable for this not enough itis that we create or we accept for ourselves, but then we put on other people. So this is, um, I want what you got by (laughs) the beaches. And all of it is um, telling a story of, uh, All of the things that we see on social media that we want and and it's poking fun at it it's 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 doing Mm -hmm. it so that we can see when you put it all together it's Mm -hmm. like well that's ridiculous we're not living in who we are and what we've got and finding joy in it we're just constantly focused on what other people have and do so here's here's um i want what you got by the beaches Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca. That was I Want What You Got by the Beaches. And um, just as we were heading into that song, I started thinking of, of a story. So I listened to um, a podcast with Brene Brown and Scott Sonnenschein um the other week and it was a fantastic topic that I think really relates I won't go into a lot of detail on it because Brene Brown's done a podcast herself already you can go and listen to that one without having me repeat it but I would point you in that direction you can find it I listen to it on Spotify I think it's also in other places as well and it's free so Within this podcast, um, Scott Sunshine Son- is a researcher and an author. He recently did a book. I think it was called Stretching and Chasing. He may have titled it something else. That's definitely the content of the book, where he's describing these two concepts of stretching is where we are trying to use what we have and where we are and the resources that are within and around us to begin whatever it is that we want to be achieving. Chasing Is when we are saying, Well, I don't have this, or I don't have this, or when I get this, then I can do this. When I get this, then I can do this. When I get this, then I can do this. And so it's sort of a perpetual holding pattern of not getting started um, towards what it is we want to do. So he goes very in depth into that with Brene Brown. It's fascinating. I'd love to talk about it more, but they do such a good job. We'll let them talk about it. But a short story that came out from that was there's an actual study that has been done that shows. That when you look at your neighbor's grass, the angle of light when it hits their grass does make it look greener, even though our grass may be <laughs> equally green. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. So yes. that saying yes. that we use all the time, which is really a big root, especially from this song, like want what I want what you got. You know, that we it really does look different when we look at other people's life situations, things, versus when we are standing in our own and looking at it. We just can't see our own situation with the eyes that someone from the outside can. There are people, I always think of comparisons. Like no matter where I am, no matter how much I have, I'm always going to be looking up at somebody else who's just that much farther along and being like, Oh man, I'm just not, I'm just not. If I just turn around and look the other way, there are people looking at me saying the same thing. Yeah. So this is a
2: futile exercise. (laughs) It it reminds me of when, of when um, siblings all get a slice of cake. And (laughs) And, they, and one sibling daughter. says to the parent, but his piece is bigger than mine. <laughs> and the mother's reaction is a great example of this. And, and that is, do you have enough to eat? <laughs> <laughs> right Do you have enough to eat well yes my mom never well, so it doesn't matter what's on the other plate then
1: right i probably should have known that one i don't think that was ever used on me our parents yeah. solved it by getting if, if i if i was going to cut the cake then my brother had to be the one to choose the pieces there is well no yeah but that's that when there's two
2: siblings right yes. but what happens when there's multiple siblings well i would but think it's the still, same thing it's if-
1: yeah if you if you if yeah. you know that the other people are going to get to choose before you you are yeah. so motivated yeah.
2: to make everything yeah. exactly the same, but that's a different yeah. topic yeah and, but and the other the other part of this is what does it matter what's on the other person's plate hmm. like if the other person has more on their plate but you're not that hungry, it's irrelevant how much they have <laughs> on their plate, right yeah. so but this is the idea of more is better mm-hmm. Bigger is better. Shinier is better. Mm -hmm. But is it? Like, is is it? it really? Yeah. And this is, I think, where we have the opportunity to go in and say to ourselves, but is that true for me? Yeah, what do I think that means? And what assumptions am I making here about this? Yeah, thank you. That was how the much place do I, I go? Like, I, I used to I fall into this trap of somebody comes into my home, and I and I look around and I think, Oh, my God, there's dust on the surfaces, or I didn't vacuum or it's not tidy enough, or whatever it is, right. And then I, I had a friend who said to me once, Do you come into my home and start assessing whether or not I'm tidy? (laughs) And I said, no, I don't care. And she (laughs) said, I don't care in your home either. But you're making yourself crazy by thinking I'm judging you. And actually, I'm not. So you don't need to make yourself crazy. And even if I were judging you, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Can, you know, can we do what we want to do in your space? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Who who cares about dust then? Mm-hmm. Really? And it could be dust. It could be anything, right? Does my car run smoothly enough? You know, do I, uh, do I make a good enough cup of coffee? It's like who cares?
3: <laughs> really, who am. cares?
2: <laughs> right? It could be anything. It could be anything. So it's what assumptions am I making? And are those assumption, assumptions useful? And are they true? Mm -hmm. And how's that working for you? Which I had somebody say that to me once and I've picked that phrase up because it's actually quite useful. And how's that working for you? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. (sighs) It's there's so much energy around this talk. Yeah.
1: And I'm really glad you just went into basically the assessing of the values. Right. So if yeah. we find that we're we're measuring ourselves against something, or we're measuring someone else against something, because yeah. we can also put this on other people, we set up expectations yeah. for the people around us, and we make make yeah. them crazy because they are not uh, living up to the thing that we are saying they should. And then yeah. we create a pernicious not enough itis, not not enough itis in them through our yeah. unrealistic expectations. So yeah. A values check, a reality check on, is this thing that I want or expect of myself or others, is this appropriate? And by appropriate, I mean, I get to decide if it's actually valid, if it's actually helpful and I yeah. can adjust it just because I saw it somewhere yeah. or heard somewhere, or yeah. I'm assuming that everyone does it this way because I saw five people do it this way. It's important mm. to have that check
2: in. And is it kind? Yeah. That's and, and I don't mean, I don't mean just ooey gooey kindness. I mean, sometimes we a direct feedback is kind,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but is this is this in the best interests of the other person, in the best interests of our relationship, in the best interests of where we're both trying to go? Is that, is that how we want to do it? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, I think we thoroughly
1: explored all around pernicious not enough itis. Thank you, Luca. And um, I guess it leaves me wondering that with a renewed sense of my values, with a renewed, refreshed permission to self, not to accept this disease of thought that can rob me of joy, rob me of purpose. And with that perspective,
2: I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallecks.com. I light the fires
1: that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, ah, ah,
0: ah, 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 ah,